What's up, folks? Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. I'm your host. I'm your sports editor here at the Pulaski Citizen. Wade Neely saying so good to be back with you guys. I appreciate you guys sticking through a uh, quick vacation for us. More on that a little bit in the show, but it is so good to be back with you here on Pulaski Citizen Live and Main Street Media. We'll dive right in. We have a huge show to get into today. Going to talk a little Richland Raiders. Going to talk a little Giles County Bobcats. Going to talk a little Tennessee Titans. Going to talk a little UT Southern women's soccer. As we've got a wide, wide array of topics for our special guest this week is Giles County Bobcat defensive coordinator Tanner Holly. Had a great sit down with the uh, recent birthday boy, as uh, we discuss. Uh, Tanner coming into his own as a defensive coordinator, and he's got the Bobcats kind of peaking at the right time as they take on Sequatchie County this Friday for the region championship. Going to be fun, but before we get into Tanner, kind of time to rewind and recap. First real show we've had in a couple of weeks. Uh, Took a little bit of a trip out of town, out of state, out of the country, as was fortunate enough to go over uh, to London for the Tennessee Titans game, and oof. Did not go so well. Trip was great, but the game was not. Uh, Had a lot of fish and chips. Had a lot of fun roaming the streets of London, seeing all the sights and the uh, touristy things there uh, in foggy old London town. But at the end of the day, on Sunday, when it came down to it, uh, for all the fun that we had uh, at the practice facility, uh, at the Tennessee Titans uh, pub party, where, believe it or not, there were some folks from Pulaski that were uh, present. Uh, ran into our good friends uh, Jeff and Donna Bain and Karen and Steve Spivey. Saw them and uh, had a blast in the buildup leading to the game. But on Sunday, the Titans fall to the Ravens at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And, uh, oof, it kind of put a damper on that part of the trip. So, to kind of get that taste out of my mouth, had a chance to go over and visit an old friend of mine for the uh, Giles County High school class of uh, 2003 to 2005, our good friend Philip Holte, he and his wife live uh, in Zurich, Switzerland, so I had a chance to go visit Philip and uh, catch up with an old classmate of mine, a former Giles County Bobcat and a former UT Vol. We love you, Philip, and it was great to run into you and uh, see your beautiful country over there. But I'm back, and I'm recharged, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, haven't had a chance to see Giles County, but I did listen to the broadcast from the hotel in London at about 2 to 3 a.m. Uh, we were dropping t- uh, tweets from the Pulaski Citizen Sports page. Uh, yours truly was man in the controls that night as uh, Scott was on the road at Richland Summertown. And uh, shout out to our good friend and colleague Andy Abernathy for filling in alongside Chris Bledsoe. Uh, you guys rocked the call. Had no doubt that you would. But uh, Giles County, they got a big win on homecoming, folks. 69-14 to versus Community. It was 69-0. And uh, Giles County just kind of steamrolling their opponents as of late in region play. But we'll talk about Giles County a little bit later because they've got a huge showdown coming up this Friday night at the Brickyard. Meanwhile, Richland is in a free fall, folks. The Raiders have now lost three games in a row. I got to listen to that game, 26-21 at Summertown. A non-region game, yes, but oof, it was ugly as Richland falls to a previous winless Summertown team. And then last Friday, uh, I got to listen to the broadcast as well as I was just getting back into the States. 33 to nothing at Eagleville, and that loss, 
pretty much puts a death nail in the uh, stake in the coffin, if you will. Uh, shout out to my friend uh, Evan Badur over at Star Theater, by the way, uh, as your Dracula lead with the stake in the coffin reference there because, uh, woof, 33 nothing to Eagleville. Richland is now on life support if they want to make the playoffs. They need a miracle victory versus an unbeaten Moore County team. That game will be played tonight when this show airs on Thursday as uh, Jennifer Hawkins and I believe, I believe Scott Stewart will be filling in as your uh, special guest commentator for that game on Thursday. But Richland's got to win, and they also need a little help if they're going to sneak into the playoffs. But there is a chance they could get in, and as long as you got a chance in high school football, crazy things can happen. And so the Raiders are still in. Best of luck to head coach Nick Patterson and the guys. Uh, but, again, they're going to need a little help in more ways than one. We'll uh, wrap up the show uh, with some more on them a little bit later. Also, while I was away, a huge, I mean huge salute to my good friend and UT Southern women's soccer head coach Will Austin, who recently cemented his name on the Mount Rushmore of uh, head coaches there at UT Southern. He is now the all-time winningest head coach in UT Southern women's soccer history, which is crazy to think about considering uh, they had a legendary head coach uh, in the mid-2000s uh, into the later part of uh, the early 2000s, I guess, there, up until about 2013. Uh, Jerry Cleary, the two-time national champion head coach, he had kind of just rewrote all the record books with that program and uh, really kind of catapulted this program to where it is today. Uh, Tyson John did uh, a great job trailing right behind Coach Cleary. And Coach Will Austin has not only come in, but he's come in and done a fantastic job. He's in his eighth season. They've won seven conference championships. He has a national championship to his credit. And recently, with their win on Senior Day versus Bruton Parker, uh, he sets the all-time program wins record. So a true shout-out to our good friend uh, and former From the Press Box guest himself, Will Austin. We hope to have a story in the Pulaski Citizen either this week or the next uh, to commemorate that feat as the Firehawks get ready for conference tournament play coming up in the first week of November. Fearless forecasters, a little bit of a bounce back week for me, and my goodness did I need it. Went 6-10 and 10 just as I was getting ready to leave the country, and I wasn't sure if I should be allowed back in when I saw the record uh, that week. It was a rough, I mean rough go, but, but we bounced back in a little bit of style. 11-5 and five last week. I did have a nice feather in my cap with the upsets. I believe I was the only person that picked Utah to knock off USC. That was a crazy game. They're all crazy in the Pac-12, it seems like. Uh, but really did me no favors as we lost a couple key games. Uh, I kind of swung for the fences on a few and uh, tried to make up some ground on my competition there. Uh, so I'm kind of still lingering right toward the back of the pack. We've got a, a quite a bit of a ground to make up here. As I'm looking at our standings, I think I'm sitting six games behind Mark Mize, who's in first. Kerry J. Malone is in second. Our uh, special uh, guest this week, the two special guests, your previous winner is Mr. John Carter, who did a great job going uh, with just two losses as he took home last week's prize. And then our special guest this week is none other than everyone's favorite, Jeff Harwell. So it is uh, tough times for me right now. There is no other way around it. And unfortunately, no way to really make up any ground this week, because if you grab a copy of this week's Pulaski Citizen, Fearless Forecasters, it's a lot of chalk. 
And uh, what I mean by that is the people that I'm trailing, Mark, Kerry, and Daniel Haney, uh, there's not a lot of difference in our picks. Um, and I'm going to have to kind of maybe start getting outside the box just to maybe make up some ground here because there's really not a chance to make up much ground. Uh, I think the only game that we have potentially different is uh, the Titans versus the Falcons. Uh, everybody's, for the most part, picking the Titans, but Kerry J. Malone says the Falcons are going to win that game, so maybe a chance for me to uh, claw a game back, as it were. So we shall see how things shape up. Reminder, folks, you can turn in your fearless forecasters uh, up until 4.30 on Friday, and if you pick perfect, you win $900. Uh, and even if you don't pick perfect, you're still eligible for a great prize, which is a Kanga Case 24-pack. Uh, no ice cooler, and that is, again, courtesy of our buddy Jeff Harwell at the Outlook. So that's a wrap on Fearless Forecasters. We are going to put a bow on this segment, but stick with us, folks. On the other side of this timeout, we've got Giles County Defensive Coordinator Tanner Holly sitting down. We're talking all things Bobcats. We're talking all things defense, and we're going ahead and peeking ahead to a region championship game Friday versus Sequatchie County. And then win or lose, Giles County will be in line for a home playoff game next Friday night, first week of November at the Brickyard. We talk all that and much more, so stick with us, folks. This is from the press box right here from Citizen Headquarters. He shoots, and he scores! Welcome back. Another segment here on From the Press Box. We're coming to you live from the campus of Giles County High School. Our main man, Tanner Holly, he is the defensive coordinator for the Giles County Bobcats, and he just celebrated a birthday. Happy belated birthday, and thanks appreciate for joining it. us, partner. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep, quarter of a century getting old. You are ancient, as yeah, some people would say now. No, but we're, uh, we're so delighted. We've been trying to get you on the show uh, really all season, and we finally got you pegged in, and it's great timing uh, because the Bobcats are set to have their final regular season game and I, I sit down with coaches, I sit down with players, and it seems like every week I say, can you believe the season has flown by? But holy smokes, Coach Holly, we are. It's week 10, week 11, technically, I guess, here, final week of the regular season. It is. We talked about it yesterday, just touching the seniors that, I mean, it feels like yesterday we were ready for our first scrimmage, and then now playoffs are next week. It's, it goes fast. That's how it rolls when you're working. You guys have been working hard, and uh, let's kind of dive right into it. Um, first things first. Uh, defense obviously has been a calling card for you guys, and we've kind of seen some ups and some downs for the Bobcats this year. But I guess my question to you is, uh, kind of, what are you most proud of that your defense has brought to the table thus far? Uh, I know our, our stats aren't great as far as points per game. We give up a lot of points, but I do feel like if you go check our yards, if you go check the scenarios which we give those points up in, um, it's really not bad defense per se. It's just sort of been victims of circumstance at times, uh, bad breaks here or there. Uh, but most proud of our guys, how, how competitive they are. They fight. Um, they're able to learn. We're coachable. Uh, we're eliminating mistakes. We're eliminating big plays, really, from where we started to where we are now. Um, but most proud of our guys for how they play and how they fight and prepare, and, and we're always proud of those guys. And you kind of mentioned the preseason. I'm, I'm thinking back to an interview I did with Coach O'Connor in the preseason. He said, hey, 
we might have a pretty young defense, but they're going to be pretty formidable as the year continues. Uh, is that kind of how things shook out in your mind thus far? Very much so. I mean, if you take where we started, we've, I mean, we play role play here and there. You know, Kamari next come on a little bit, and Amari comes on a little bit. But most part, we've had with Elijah going down and Tyreek being hurt, we've had one senior on the field. Mm -hmm. And that's all we've had. So we've had two freshmen at time, five, six sophomores, five, six juniors that play. I mean, we're really young. I mean, it's it's good for the future, but sometimes there's growing pains. And they played well considering, you know, we're starting two freshmen at times and a lot of sophomores haven't played any meaningful snaps. And, and it's big for us that we still play as well as we do. I mean, I think that tests how good our guys are and how well they're um, – how able they are to be coached and, and how well they play and just ignore their age and go play hard. And that's what we ask them to do. Seems like we saw that a little bit last year with some kids maybe like Stafford and Oates um, and in the secondary as well. Some guys that – yeah, it's, it's a bad thing, quote-unquote, that they had to play so much early, but it seems like they've continued to blossom. Uh, and I guess are we seeing kind of the fruits of that labor this year with some of those guys? Very much so. I mean, you can't find better inside linebacker play from Jack uh, Stafford, a guy that's seen a lot. You know, yeah. and he's a junior, and he's playing at a high level. His reads are good, plays fast, he leads us. And it's like, well, growing pains from last year as a sophomore yeah. are showing up now. Same thing with Oates. Um, Kind of our, Jackson, I guess, too. Yeah, our, our better leaders, the guys that played last year, growing pains, now they're big, been in a lot of games, been in a lot of plays, they've seen a lot, um, so that helps out a lot. And then, uh, I guess while we're on the t topic of linebackers, what makes uh, a guy like Tate Bedford so special? This is a freshman out here, but he, he's just not playing like a freshman. He's just got an insane motor out yeah. there. And that's one of the things we have to remind ourselves. Um, of course, we coach hard and expect a lot of our guys, and you got to think, I mean, the guy is just a freshman. Yeah. Right. And uh, we use that as fuel sometimes for him when he's not playing very well. But um, he's a guy that did a lot of things for us um, that you ask and did extra. You know, he was physically ready to come in as a freshman, first and foremost, with the work that he had done and his family had done. And then he'd, he never missed a speed skill, showed up every day in the summer, pushed himself in the weight room, expected himself to play. Mm -hmm. And that makes a big difference uh, when they expect that of themselves, that they sort of get that out of, you know, you don't have to begged them to do the things they expected out of themselves and they do those things and, and he was physically ready and that's what made the biggest difference and the guy plays hard uh well, he's a great uh emotional player I yeah guess. sometimes yeah. it costs yeah you know, 15 yarder here or there but um, on defense you got to play with that attitude that swagger that emotion and he does that a, a really good he is extremely uh fun to yeah. watch and uh fun to watch also and, and you kind of touched on it talk to us how do you guys decide when to quote unquote plug and play those guys like Kamari, like X, we've even seen Kareem uh, in there for you guys, and obviously Amari along the line. Is that something that's built into the script, or are you guys kind of just thinking, hey, we need a big play, it's time to send some of our big guys just out? It depends. Most of the times we have third down packages that get our, which would be essentially a nickel package that get our best pass rushers on the field, uh, get us long cover guys that break on the ball really well. Mm -hmm. Early in the season, it's tough to play guys both ways because it's hot. Uh, you know, they're not as conditioned as they would be in the, in the cooler air. So, but if we need a play, I mean, we know we can always lean on Kamari, can always lean on X, can always lean on uh, Amari up front, can always lean on Kareem. I mean, those are guys that, that can play, they play at a high level and, and do a good job for us. And I think the interesting thing, too, it's not as if we're just throwing these guys out there and yet they're just kind of going through the motions. I mean, we've seen interceptions, we've seen fumble recoveries. These guys are making big plays when they are out there for yeah, you guys. And, I mean, they're just good football players and you need them. And, and we, we mix them around. You know, Kamar's played some corner, played some safety. Same with Kareem. Amar's played edge, played inside. We just fill that process out, I guess. Where do they respond the best? Where do they play the best? 
And and right now, I think we got a pretty good plug on where they're going to be in, in a big big situation. I want you to answer this next question with a straight face. What's it like? We've talked about the linebackers and secondary, but what's it like knowing you got a guy like Coach Joe O'Connor coaching your defensive <laughs> line a little bit? Because those guys continue to uh, impress year yeah, in year out. It's always the same. I mean, you know what you're going to get with Joe. Joe's going to get you guys ready. They're going to be physical. They're going to be strong. They're going to be coached well. They're going to play hard. And the kids respond well to Joe, and Joe is a, a, a great attribute for us. He does a lot of things for us. Been around a long time, loves coaching the D-line, um, and they'll play always these emphasis. You may not always think, you, sometimes it's, we joke that you look over during practice and it's like they're hanging out under the shade tree, maybe fixing the gator, but, but, but when it's time to go, they know what they're supposed to do. They do it at a high level. And we can always lean on those guys. We may not be sure what the methods are, but it seems like there are methods <laughs> yes, to the that, madness with him. It works. It's worked for a long time, and, and, and Joe does a really good job for it. Yeah, we've produced some great defensive linemen over the years. I guess also on those playmakers, uh, any uh, times where you're on the sideline and you're saying, and the Coach O'Connor or maybe some of the guys on the offense are saying, nah, we want to keep those guys fresh for the next series. How does that battle, or is there a battle, uh, or is that kind of understood that when we need them on defense, they're eligible to go out there? As we move forward in the season, it's always understood. Early in the year, you want to try to hold them back as uh -huh. much as possible, you know, to keep them fresh as, as fresh as long as possible. Uh, but then you got guys that play at a level, like a Bryson Gordon played last year, where their level is not necessarily an explosive level. It's a good level, but they're never going to get themselves too tired or they've been in a lot of sports, like you take a Kamari that plays basketball and baseball, yep. and his body stays in shape year-round, where he's up and down the court or on the, on the baseball diamond, and then with us, that he really doesn't work himself into a tired shape, mm -hmm. you know, where um, those are a benefit, but we always do know that if we got to have a play, you know, if it's, if it's a big moment in the game, we got to have a best 11 on the field, and, and that's how it has to go. You mentioned Bryson being a part of the staff now with you guys. Uh, you obviously a young defensive coordinator, been doing it for a while, but a very successful player at both the uh, high school and collegiate level. Do you see a little bit of yourself in Bryson? Because just to the outsider, it seems like he kind of seems like he fits that mold. No. He's got a great football mind, had a great career, and it seems like he's eager to dive into coaching. Perfect. I mean, we were we were pickle pink that we wanted Cheese to do it. Of course, we call him Cheese, but right. we wanted him to do it last year because I mean, Bryson's a really intelligent guy. He knows what we expect. He expects the same thing of himself. He expects the same thing of the players. And that's the best thing that he does at a young level, at a young age, and early on in his coaching career is he coaches every play, mm -hmm. watches his guys, makes sure they're doing the things they're supposed to be doing. And sometimes when you coach kids that you played with, you don't really get that respect you know, level. It's sort of yep. hard for a yep. guy that you just played with last year, you know, and now they're getting on you pretty much, coaching you pretty well. But our kids do a good job responding to that because Cheese just held himself to that level when he played. I mean, he was a guy that yeah. did what he was supposed to do all the time, the way it was supposed to be done, and, and that helps him out with the kids and, and that they know that Bryson knows what he's supposed to be doing and knows what he's talking about. Yeah, it seems like he flipped that switch. Okay, playing career has ended. Now I'm all in on this coaching. Mm -hmm. And uh, at least, again, to the outsider, it seems like he's really kind of bought into yeah, what everybody's. So. He was bought into us from a freshman yeah. playing, and now, I mean, it just carried over. We were glad to get him. And, and it would be good for us. We got Sequatchie County coming up this week, but uh, we had an off week, uh, that second off week last Friday. Kind of walk us through, how did you guys spend the week? It sounded like uh, when we chatted before, it's a little more of a downtime, kind of maybe recharge the batteries Yeah, a very bit. much. You know, we're looking hopefully to make a deep playoff run, uh, five, hopefully five rounds playing the state championship. So mm -hmm. it was needed, I guess, sort of, you don't really want it to rest or attribute the rush, but it was needed. Took Monday off, we worked out uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Dial back. It was really a best-on-best best period for uh -huh. us. Uh, of course, we work our individual techniques and our special teams, and then we wanted to get after it a little bit, best-on-best. Best. Uh, we call it 40-yard fight, where 
11 on 11, best on best, young guys and old guys, uh, try to get some scrimmage reps, make sure we keep the motor moving. And that's what we did Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday we gave the kids a day off and, and let them enjoy that. And then now we get into this week, uh, region championship Friday. I mean, right. what more could you ask for? We're playing at home. You got Sequatchie County. Uh, how's the week of practice been? I know we're filming this on Tuesday, but uh, what have you seen that you like out of the guys so far? Oh, we had a great day yesterday. Great competitiveness. I talked to the guys and, and uh, made a note of it at the end that as the season ends, we should see an increase in preparation and intensity and in practice. Yeah. You know, I mean, the time for waiting is over. You don't ever know when your last one's going to be. And I think our guys do a really good job. Our seniors have done a good job of handling that, uh, making sure that the practice preparation takes care, uh, takes place this way it's supposed to take. And uh, we do a good job with that. You guys got off to a uh, – we've won every game in region play, but uh, for those that were there or listened to our broadcast, the Watertown game, we kind of struggled, kind of sleepwalked through, but it seems like the team has improved in terms of focus and maybe dialed it up a few notches. Um, obviously, we, it seems like Friday night's going to have to be firing on all mm -hmm. cylinders because Sequatchie County presents a, uh, a big challenge. Very much. I mean, talk to guys that you got to handle those bus rides like Watertown. You know, it's a yeah. long bus ride, never been there. Can we handle that? Can we still do the things we're supposed to do? Um, luckily, we got away with not a very good performance. But at home, our guys are expecting a good battle from Sequatchie. They're well coached. Uh, they, they put a lot of stress on you, especially us defensively because they play 11-man football. Um, to get the quarterback involved, RPOs, all those things. And they're wanting to win the region championship. It was 14-14 with us at the half last year. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, they think they can play with us. So we've got to make sure we're ready to do the things that we have to do uh, to take care of business. And uh, Friday, obviously, and this is, we always ask Coach O'Connor this, uh, seems like we're going to need that 12th man environment. That's what's going to be so fun, being back at the Brickyard. Yeah. Uh, everything is kind of trending toward what should be a great night on Friday. I hope so. I mean, the fans, like you look back at the page, and that was one of the best environments that we played yeah. in all year um, and, and our kids really do feed off that our energy is good when the, when the crowd is good and I know last week or week and a half ago was a little snooze fest with community but uh, we do have a lot better opponent coming in this week and we will need um, a great environment great energy for our kids to feed off of absolutely we look forward to it on Friday anything uh, or I guess what specifically you mentioned kind of RPOs uh, they got a talented quarterback what else schematically maybe does Sequatchie County present as kind of a challenge for us they do a good job their run game is not necessarily gap schemes, which maybe not other people know. It's, it's a lot of zone schemes. So your guys have to make the play they're supposed to make. Mm -hmm. And they're going to play 11-man football with the quarterback being involved with the option to run or pass. So you got to be on the same page. And all of our guys, whatever the call is, have to know who's responsible for what at each situation and whatever happens. So they're going to put a lot of stress on us. That way they're going to get the ball out in space a little bit. Uh, but we got to make sure we're ready to go. Absolutely. Coach Holly, thank you as always for your time. I'll hold all the MTSU questions yeah. for uh, our next go around. It's been up and down for our Blue Raiders yes, this year. Very much. Uh, although they played Missouri very close played earlier Liberty in the year. Close. Played Liberty close. And so we'll, we'll, we'll save that for our, our next segment. But again, thank you for your time, Appreciate brother. You. Yes, Appreciate sir. you as always. Santa Holly, he's the defensive coordinator for Giles County High School. And uh, we are going to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we will wrap it up. Another segment heading your way on From the Press Box here on Pulaski Citizen Live. It's the biggest racing show of the year, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Six fast-paced divisions of racing on the quarter mile Friday night. Pole qualifying in three big feature events Saturday night. And the Curb Records Big Machine Vodka Spike Coolers Fall American 400 on Sunday afternoon. Racing starts at 6.30 Friday, 5 o'clock Saturday, and 1 o'clock Sunday. Tickets available at NashvilleFairgroundSpeedway.Racing or at the gate on race day. It's the 39th All-American 400 weekend, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th. Get your tickets now! 
All right, folks, we are back here on From the Press Box. So good to catch up with Tanner Holly. We've been trying to get the defensive coordinator for Giles County on the show for a couple of weeks now. Uh, he was unavailable one week due to illness. I was out of town for a couple of weeks. But it was good to sit down with the defensive coordinator. Fun segment. He is such a great football mind. And, again, uh, very young. This guy has head coaching material written all over him if and when he decides uh, to make that leap. So thank you, Tanner, uh, for joining us this week. Speaking of football, here's your look ahead. And the situations are relatively straightforward. Richland is going to need a win. The show is coming out on Thursday. They'll play Thursday night. They have to go to Lynchburg and knock off Moore County. It's Raiders versus Raiders. And unfortunately, the Moore County Raiders are the ones that come in with all the momentum. They are set to be your region champs regardless of what happens. So maybe, maybe you might get a chance of Moore County letting their foot off the gas just a little bit. But either way, Richland is going to have to play phenomenally well. As uh, I believe Dawson White, the uh, young man for uh, Moore County, he is an electrifying player. He's uh, probably going to be one of your uh, finalists for Mr. Football. Uh, turned in those nominations the other day. And you're talking about the 1A ranks. He is right up there with some of your best. So uh, Richland has got their hands full on Thursday night. And, again, they have to win that game to even have a shot to get in the playoffs. Um, and then after that, you can only control what you can control. We'll have to do some scoreboard watching. But we'll know after Thursday night if Richland is going to get into the postseason. For Giles County, the scenario is pretty simple. If you win, you are the number one seed for a third straight year, and you're also hosting uh, the first two rounds of playoff games at the Brickyard. They take on Sequatchie County, who is a really good football team. They are head and shoulders above the other teams in the region, uh, Region 4, 3A. And so Johns County is going to have to bring their A game on Friday night. If they show up and sleepwalk like they did against Watertown, uh, there's a very good chance they could catch an L. If they uh, show up and they play like they've done against Grundy County and Community, Pretty good chance they could come out of there with a win and, again, be your region champs. But either way, Giles County will be the one seed or the two seed. The winner will get the one. The loser will get the two. That is set in stone. And so either way, Giles County is going to host a first-round playoff game. Uh, but obviously you want to win and have a chance to host that uh, second-round matchup. If things got crazy in the bracket, you could potentially host a third-round matchup. Uh, but with all due respect to the other teams in Giles County's region, uh, that has traditionally not been the case. There haven't been a lot of upsets. So realistically, you're looking at Giles County being at home for rounds one and two, on the road for round three, and then you kind of know what awaits uh, that day after Thanksgiving if you've been following Giles County the last two years. Likely a trip to Alcoa is in the cards on that day after uh, Turkey Day. So that's kind of the table being set there for Giles County and Richland this week. It's been a fun week to be back with you guys here on From the Press Box. And uh, glancing down, we're looking at our fearless forecaster picks. Everybody kind of in lockstep here. We're all taking Georgia. We're all taking Ohio State. We're all taking Tennessee over Kentucky. And you can look at this and you say everybody's picking Tennessee. I think it's going to be a relatively close game. I don't think Tennessee is just going to just show up and just cruise to an easy victory. Um, but they need to really kind of uh, right the ship after a very demoralizing second half last week versus Alabama. Oregon versus uh, Utah, probably going to be your biggest game of the week. 
I think the Ducks get that. I was kind of surprised that no one picked Utah, and I really thought about picking Utah, but I really thought a few other people ahead of me would pick Utah, so I thought I'd go with Oregon, kind of uh, zig when they zag to try and make up a game or two, but Mark Mize and Kerry J. Malone, much too smart for me, and uh, we all pick Oregon. Most of us picking Louisville over Duke. Uh, you've got Ole Miss uh, should be in line to wallop Vanderbilt on Saturday down in the Grove. Um, Virginia got a win a couple of uh, games ago, but I think Miami takes care of business. Also, give me Auburn versus Mississippi State, a game that I may or may not be staying up late to watch. Uh, give me San Jose State out on the uh, Hawaiian Islands there. I think San Jose State and the Spartans take care of that one. Speaking of Spartans, not taking Michigan State. I'm taking Minnesota in that game there. UCLA, not going to say should demolish, but I think UCLA wins rather easily versus Colorado. A lot of the shine from the regular season, Buffaloes, uh, has now officially worn off. Uh, give me Iowa State and Baylor. Could go either way. Everybody, however, is picking Iowa State. Would not be shocked, though, if Baylor pulls the win, but we're all uh, taking the Cyclones there. Professional games. Falcons-Titans, give me the Titans on Sunday. Will Levis going to get the start most likely for the boys in blue? They're going to be wearing those Love You Blue Oiler uniforms. I'll be on the sidelines Sunday. It is going to be a gorgeous day for football, and I just hope the Titans uh, are there and showing up ready to play because the uniforms are going to be tight. The weather's going to be tight. Just hope the team uh, shows up and plays tight as well. Give me the Cowboys versus the Rams. I'm also going to take the new-look Vikings after a nice win on Monday Night Football versus the Packers, and I will take the Saints over the Colts in a game that I really don't like to pick either team. I think it's going to be a, a close game either way. That's all the time we've got on this edition of From the Press Box. So good to be back with you guys. A reminder, if you have missed any of our episodes, make sure you visit PulaskiCitizen.com, and uh, you can find a link to watch all of those on the Pulaski Citizen Live tab. That's uh, all the time we've got. Enjoy your game, whether you're listening to the Raiders on Thursday night or whether you're listening to the Bobcats on Friday night or whether you're just enjoying your weekend. Thank you again to Tanner Holly. Thank you to Scott, Kerry, Tiffany, and Kelly and all of our MSM staff for holding down the fort while I was gone. We will see you next week on another edition of From the Press Box with Wade Neely. So long and enjoy your weekend.